0: The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. morning, we're going to pick up with uh, under construction, Jesus still working, and um, I'm excited to get into this, you know, and when I think about this idea of being under construction, you know, I have a kind of a a real-life application that's taking place right now, where the last 60 days or so, my friend and brother Justin Kaczynski, we've been challenging one another to drop a few LBs, right, and it's been pretty cool, you know, we just were talking this morning about how awesome that is, but, you know, it's funny, because when we're Under construction, there's uh, in different phases of our lives, whatever it looks like, there's things that can help and there's things that can hinder. And so I just want to give props not to Justin, but to Alec for meeting up with me on Tuesday. We're out here like at six in the morning, throwing these tires around. You know, he's like, uh, I haven't really exercised that hard in like a long time. And Alec's like, okay, we're just going to do two minutes jumping jacks. (laughs) I'm like, bro, I have not moved like this more than once in like seven years, and so you uh, just destroyed me, it was awesome. And so that's helping me as I'm under construction. Then we have Justin showing up at nine o'clock at night with a bag full of McDonald's, with double cheeseburgers, with chicken nuggets and french fries, laying it out on the table. And so as we're under construction, there's different things that can help and different things that can hinder, but it's up to us just to say, no, get behind me, Satan, and we move forward. But I wanted to pick up, so last week, Pastor Art preached on unity brings blessing, and that is just so true. And we saw it in his life, and we're seeing it here even in our church, and with what God is doing in us and through us and around us here at the Beat Church. And and so, if unity does bring blessing, what does our participation look like in, in cultivating and building unity? You know, why is it important to have unity while under construction? As Jesus is moving us forward in life, the reality is that we have an incredible opportunity to be built up individually and to be built up together, to be able to reflect the love of Jesus, to be able to show people that are under destruction, that are under the sin of their own doing, the sin of things that have happened to them, to be able to say, hey, guess what? There's hope there's hope, and here's what it looks like. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at what that looks like, right? Because we have, again, this opportunity to be able to reflect something incredible for, for folks that are needing that hope. And so we're going to talk a lot about some a couple of personal stories for me, things that I experienced. And, and the, the point of them, uh, they're going to be super embarrassing, and you guys are probably a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but the point of them is to show that I was under construction, I still am under construction, and what that looks like. And so, first thing I want to share with you uh, was, it was a long time ago, the galaxy far, far away. Uh, No, it was um, about 10 years ago, no more than that, 13 years ago, I was working and volunteering at this home in Vancouver, Washington called Transitional Youth. And it was this house for guys that were coming off the streets or out of jail out of the foster system, didn't have anywhere to go. And I was young and I was super excited and I had this really cool role in this position, right, to be able to uh, lead these guys and to, to kind of mentor them and things like that. And I was also helping out with the youth group at our church and I was also on the worship team. So, you know, I was just young in the faith, this young guy, super excited doing all these things. And, and, and I honestly, like, I had a pretty high uh, opinion of myself, right? Because like I'm, I'm doing all these incredible things. And, um, and so as time went on, I got into some not so good habits. And I wasn't really talking with people about them a lot. And what I would do is because I lived at the TY house, it was a clean and sober home, wasn't able to bring alcohol there. So what I would do is I would go to the store and get some beer and drive around the back roads of Vancouver just drinking some beer. You know, not very smart, not very wise. And it got to the point where this habit just got so out of control for me where I went down to Portland to see a friend and hang out with him. And he was an old friend from back in the day before i gave my life over to Jesus. And I was hanging out with him, and we just got to drinking. And as we got to drinking, we kept drinking all day long. And eventually, this was on a Saturday night, and eventually I was like, dude, I got to go home (laughs) because I got to be on the worship team next morning. And... (laughs) And I am plastered. Like, I'm just, again, we're being honest. We're being real. We're being vulnerable here, guys, okay? I know you're squirming a little bit, but I promise, you know, that, that you're going to see what Jesus has done. And I was just plastered. And I was like, I got to get home. And so I go ahead and get in my little car, and I drive up I-5 to Vancouver, completely inebriated, completely plastered. And, and I'm cruising home, and uh, this is going to get nasty. Hang on, guys. And uh, And I'm driving up the highway, and as I get off the exit to get to the street where I live— because of the motion sickness, because of all the alcohol I consumed, as I'm sitting there, I just start getting really sick and just lean over and fill the passenger seat with everything that was inside of my stomach. Horrible. And I'm like, oh my, it was just horrible. So I drive, I get up to my the house, the TY house, and I park it, and I run upstairs, and the other uh, TA, the other guy that was serving with me there, Travis, he, he saw me come in, and he heard me, and I was just like wrecked. And he was... Really concerned, he thought I had the measles because there was a measles outbreak in Vancouver at this time. He's like, "Oh my God, you have the measles!" I'm like, "No, dude, I'm just drunk." <laughs> and so I go to sleep, and uh, you know, next morning I call the worship leader, "Hey, I'm not going to make it." And um, and as I'm laying there, I get a knock on my door the next morning, and it's the guy who runs the house, Yuri, and he says, "Kyle, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why? What's going on?" He's like, "Well, I uh, pulled up in the driveway." And parked next to your car, and got out, and noticed that the entire passenger side is covered with stomach contents, and and what what what's going on? And so anyway, so we talked about it, and uh, eventually it came down to where he's like, "You're out, you're out of the house." And so um, and then from there, I started to kind of confess. Everybody talked to everybody, what was going on, and and it got to this point where I was just confronted. With, with my own sin, with my own immaturity. And there's, there's a verse in Philippians 2, uh, verses 12 and 13. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always, dis, uh, always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good presence. And so as I looked at that situation in my life, why was there fear and trembling? Why, why is that coming to play for me? The reality was that I was wrong, that I had a higher estimation of myself. I thought higher of myself than I should have. And what this verse is telling us is to be humble, is to operate in humility, to realize that there are things that we haven't fully um, achieved or accomplished or we don't fully understand, and to not think higher than ourselves than we should, right? And, and I was wrong because I thought that I had arrived, I was the leader guy, I was the youth leader guy, I was the worship, you know, all these things I thought that I had arrived. But the reality was, like I still am, like a lot of you are, I was still in the process. I was still growing in my relationship with God. I was still learning how to function, how to behave, what decisions to make, what not to do. And God God began to work in me, because you go to that verse, it's God who works in you, right? God began to work into me mercy and forgiveness and the ability to be able to make the right decisions and the ability to be able to receive his love and to receive his forgiveness. You know, because really what we're talking about here is we're talking about being personally under construction is, you know, we all have different things in our lives that we're going through things, habits, whatever, mindsets, things that we've experienced in the past that we're pushing through. And, and, and what this verse is talking about is there's a difference between salvation and sanctification, right? So sanctification is, is, is means we're becoming more like God. We're being, it's a process, right? Salvation is something that only Jesus can do. We can't save ourselves. We can't earn it we can't make enough right decisions to be able to atone, to make up, to rid ourselves, to forgive ourselves of our sin. You know, I was talking with, with Bobby uh, earlier, you know, at a community group, about how there's nothing in the Bible that talks about forgiving yourself. Because if we can forgive ourselves, we circumvent, we bypass Jesus, and what do we need Jesus for? And, and so, sanctification, though, is this process, right? And, and, and it's not a destination. That was probably the biggest thing that I, I learned from this lesson, was that it's not a destination. We don't arrive Right? It's not destination, it's relation. That's what God wants. If you look back in the Garden of Eden, what did he want? He wanted to meet with his creation. He wanted to meet with his people to be able to have relationship. Where are you? Right? We've talked about that before. It's not a destination, it's a relation. And, and, uh, and, and when I think about what Jesus has done for me, when I look at him on the cross and I think about the price that he paid to cover my sin, I want to honor that. I want to reciprocate in that relationship. I want to honor that sacrifice, honor what he endured, however that looks. And how do I find that, how do I figure out what it means to walk and to honor as I'm personally, individually under construction? It's in the Bible. It's in the prayer time. It's in community. And one of the things too about this story is after you know, it all blew up and I got kicked out and I needed to figure out where I was gonna live, is I met up with, with my pastor at the time, Pastor Phil, And, you know, I told him what was going on, and he, you know, and I was anticipating, I was expecting everybody to kick me out of youth group, to kick me off the worship team, to say, you you probably can't come to church here anymore. But what I received was love from these people. He said, Kyle, you have to realize that you are loved and that your decisions affect the people around you. Because this pastor of mine at you know, he, he had six kids and I lived with them before, and these six kids looked up to me. I had after I moved out, the room that I'd lived in was Kyle's room, right? And so I was part of these folks' family. You know, and just realizing that, you know, that decision that I made, the, the things that I was hiding, this mindset that I had where I had arrived, you know, was putting me at risk of, of affecting not just my life, but multiple people's lives. And when I look at who Jesus is and what he's done and how it's not just for me, right, it starts with us, right, this whole thing, it starts with us, where are we at, how, how can I give myself over to Jesus more, not so that I can just feel good about myself, not just so that I can avoid the guilt and the shame, but so I can have something to contribute, something of value that my life can be impactful and influential for people for the glory of God, and so when, I, when he met with me and he was telling me, like, like, I just, just something shifted in my mindset because a lot of you know some of my story about not having family, about being, you know, no dad, being abused and abandoned, all these types of things. I had a hard time connecting. But that moment, even through that embarrassing, disgusting, uncomfortable lesson, I learned that God loves me, that I have value, that I'm important and that there's people that I'm connected with. And so maybe you're going through a situation in your life or you don't feel that you're important, that you're valuable, that you, you have somewhere that you can connect with and belong. That's just not true. God's word says he takes the solitary, the lonely, the isolated, and he puts them not into a discipleship program, not into following these rules. He, the Bible says he puts them into family. And that's what God is doing, and that's what we are. And so when we look at our own lives personally, as we're under construction, what does that look like? How can we work out our salvation with fear and trembling? What, what does that look like, right? We can't save ourselves, but we can reciprocate in this relationship that we have with Jesus and honor what he died for, which is my life and your life, and we can do that. What does that look like? Get into the word. Get into God's word, okay? Find out what it says, right? It's, it's, it's just get into it. and if Get into it and, and, and take a—I um, do this with my kids— Take a colored pencil or a highlighter or whatever, and as you're reading the Bible, as you're getting into it, if something doesn't make sense, underline it and text it out to your community group. Text it out to somebody. Say, hey, I have no idea what this name is. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Can you help me out with it? Stop. Don't let anything keep you from getting into the Word. Don't make excuses, there's plenty of time, there's plenty of resources to be able to do it because the number one thing is getting into the Word. That's how we do this. That's how we know what it looks like to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because without the Word of God, what do we have? Our own emotions and our own thoughts and feelings? Sure, we can go prayer walk and everything, but what are you praying, What along what lines are you praying? Where are you you hearing, what voices, What what thoughts, where are you getting them from? Right From Facebook, from YouTube, from some motivational speaker, from Kyle, forget it. Get into the word. Find out what it says. Let it shape your mind. Let it shape your thoughts. Let it shape your life so you can work out that salvation, so you can uh, you know, find out what it means to have God working in you to act and to fulfill his good purpose. And so the cool part about this, I'll say, uh, wrap up on this portion, is I, what I love about it, y'all, is that we're seeing this here. Like 100%, right? There's this uh, old evangelist um, back in the day, and he's talking about revival. And, and he says if you, if you want to see revival, if you want to see things, you know, that were dead come to life, if you want to see hopes and dreams and things that had been buried and had no life in them come to life, if you want to see revival in your life, around you, in the people in your life, go into your room, your closet, prayer closet, draw a circle, right, around you, and ask God to fill that with revival, because it does start there, and it's just so cool because we're seeing that in this place. You know, I think of my, my brother Jeremiah Watts, right, who just a few months ago came to me, and he's like, Kyle, I'm in trouble. I'm in some major trouble. And just in this short time, I've seen desires and hopes and dreams revive, come back to life in Jeremiah. Yeah. Things that he, he's just had, just ignored and said, you know what, forget, I don't even want anything to do with that, it's coming back to life. And it's just so cool because Jeremiah is coming to a place where, and I've told this before, where, like, I, I respect him. And not just respect him, but I trust him. I know that he is going to be a man and a brother that I can rely on. And there's many of you out here in that same situation where we're going through this thing. Like, and I just love it. So we're seeing it. And so, you know, kudos. Good job, guys. It's happening. So as we're doing that individually... You know, uh, Galatians 5, 25, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? We get into the Word of God, we spend time in prayer, and we get around God's people. Th- that Just start with those three basic things. And it goes on to say, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And so that goes into the next section of under construction together. So another embarrassing story, right? And so I was, I was thinking about this, y'all. Uh, a lot of my worst embarrassing stories are before I married Jenna. No, because there's still, there's still plenty of, there's still plenty. She brought one up last night. What was that one? The tablecloths. Woo! That was awkward. Okay. No, a different story. So uh, <clears throat> there was one night we were leaving a uh, youth group. Youth group was wrapping up and we're out in the parking lot and I'm walking with my buddy through the parking lot to go to his car and y'all, like, I used to be fast now. You think I do wild, weird, quirky things? Now, I was a, 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 I don't even know how to say it without saying bad words. It was not good. I was off the rails, y'all. Like, I'm not even kidding. And so uh, just a wild maniac, just wild. And so we're we're walking, and like, you know, my buddy kneels next to me, and I was telling him about the story. And I, anyways, I I hit him with my hip, and I go, bing, like really hard. And like, I'm a big guy. And he flies, and he smashes into this car, and he like pulls himself off. because I caught him right as he's walking. And he pulls himself off the car, and there's a huge dent in it. And I'm like, that was there before, right? He's like, I don't, I don't think so. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, all right. And so <laughs> and so, anyways, the, car, the owner of the car comes out, and she's like, what happened? And dirtbag. I'm like, well, you see, what happened was this giant squirrel that jumped down, and I went to go kick it. She's like, Kyle, stop. This is not the time to be funny. You dented my car. What's going on? And I was just so embarrassed. And so... I, you know, I, I get, we exchange, exchange phone numbers with her and whatever, and I walk away, and, and, and what had happened earlier that night, again, this is going to get worse, just hang on, what had happened earlier that night, after the youth group meeting was over, we were, we were doing a, a, um, a little meeting with the leaders, and I'd snagged this girl's phone, and I, I, I thought I was so funny, I snagged her phone, and I texted her friend something really inappropriate, I can't even say it, but I grabbed her phone, so it's coming from this girl's phone to her friend, and I text something super inappropriate. Well, after uh, dented the car, and you know, I'm talking on the phone with the youth pastor, he's like, hey, can you, can you tell me you know, what happened with the car, and what happened with, with the phone? And I was like, oh yeah, I just texted this thing, like I'm just embarrassed. He's like, well, Kyle, what you don't know is that the person you texted with that girl's phone shares a phone with the husband, and the husband received this really inappropriate text from this young girl, it gets gets complicated. And the young girl actually lived with this married couple, right? So like this young girl is sending this really inappropriate text to the husband. And so everyone's freaking out. Everyone's like, what is going on? And the car is dented. And I'll say this too, the girl's car who I I dented by hitting my buddy, her parents hated the fact that she went to church, hated the fact that she was in youth group. And and then she gets her car beat up by some wild rambunctious guy, right? I was so embarrassed. I was like, I am never going back there again. I'm never going to church again. Like, I'm done. This is, I'm done. Like, I'm never going back again. I don't know what Jenna's gonna have to figure it out because I think we were dating or engaged at that point. I was like, she's gonna have to find a new husband because I'm not going back there. And she was really integrated with these people. Like, I'll say this, y'all. Like, 90% of the people at that church were like, what is Jenna doing? Like, people came up to her and said, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think you should really even be involved? Or like, how's a dirtbag, y'all? And the point of me sharing this story and all these stories is that I'm not anymore. And I know that I'm not, not because I did so many awesome things, but because the Holy Spirit worked to me, because God worked to me individually and through his people. And so I sit on the the phone and, you know, um, and, and, you know, the youth pastor is just telling me, he's like, Kyle, listen, like, you know, there's a culmination of things going on in your life, and you have to realize, again, some of the stuff that I was learning at, during the season, just how connected I was and um, you know, to different people. And so the, this verse here really came to life from that story. It's Colossians 3, 12 and 17. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any one of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together, in perfect unity. And being able to experience that compassion, you know, being able to, to have a place where people are like, you know, you, you're making some really bad mistakes. You're you're affecting people's lives in some negative ways. You know what I mean? You're damaging people's property, you know? To be able to experience that compassion, be able to have that youth pastor sit on the phone and tell me about some horrible things that he did where he almost went to jail, almost got the church in a massive lawsuit when he was, you know, wild and rambunctious as well. It was just so cool to be able to realize that, be able to realize that, you know, like we're not perfect here. We're all under construction individually and together we're under construction. And the reality is even, even on the personal level, it still is a unity thing, it still is a together thing. Right, And that's just such a cool opportunity that we have because like I said, you know, we are the light of the world. We're on display while we're under construction to those who are under destruction. And there's this cool verse in Ephesians uh, 3, 10 and 12. It says, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold, the, the multifaceted, the vast and un, un, uncomprehensible, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's talking about things that aren't even here on earth, like like eternal entities. I don't want to get all into like what all of that entails, but we're on display according to be able to display according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. How cool is that, y'all, that we're under construction individually. Right, That God's bringing his mercy, that he's bringing his forgiveness, that he's, he's working in us to be able to fulfill his good purpose, to be able to have freedom, that he's reviving us. He's taking things that were dead in your life, hopes and dreams, not even, not even things you even imagined, things you couldn't even imagine. I never imagined I'd be where I'm at, who I am today. I never imagined that some of the people that I know would be able to do and be who they are. And that's what God is doing, and he's putting it on display we have an opportunity to reflect the glory and the love and the compassion and the kindness of God. And and Jesus says, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And I'm encouraged, I'm fired up because I see it here. I see people like myself, you know, I I was pretty bad, but people who are not as bad as I was and sometimes even worse, God bless you, God's restoring you, God's reviving you, God's doing some incredible things through you and in your family and in the workplace around you, in your children. Man, like, there is a legacy, there is a destiny that God has for you that you couldn't even imagine, and it's happening, it's unfolding, and God has brought you to this place to be able to be loved, to be able to be forgiven, to be able to make the mistakes and to move forward. This is the place. This is the time. Today is the day of salvation, and God is moving. And so how do we do it? How do we do this? This It's all fun. It's all exciting, right? Yeah, Kyle was a dirtbag. Now he's not. Cool. How do we do this? How do we live it out being under construction? I'm going to end on this verse, uh, uh, this passage. It's not going to be up there because it's lengthy. So if you have a phone, you have a Bible, open up to Philippians 2, verse 1 says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any, com- if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, like-minded. We are all under construction. And it's not an excuse to stay under construction, because the reality is, That if you're not under construction, you're under destruction. There's only growth, there's only moving forward. If you're not moving forward, you're stagnant, right? It's like water. You think about water. If water sits in a pool, it gets stagnant and it's dangerous, it's toxic. But as water moves and it continues to move forward, it's, it stays fresher and it's something that people can be able to drink out of. We used to live in you know, Oregon and there'd be little, you know, uh, not little, in Oregon we had streams of water. You can go to the Chutes River and drink out of it. It was delicious. It was cold. It was refreshing. You go to Huddle Lake where I walk, if I drink out of that, I'm going to get sick and die because it's a stagnant pool of water. Don't be stagnant. Move forward. Stay under construction and, 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 and keep moving forward, like we talked about last time I was sharing. Being like-minded. Having the same love, picking up here, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Unity brings blessing. Pastor Art's sermon last week, it's just unity brings blessing, man. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. I had some vain conceit. I was conceited and I thought that I was you know, the top guy and I got crushed by it. You know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen what vain conceit can do. I've seen how it can destroy people, it can destroy dreams, it can destroy, destroy all these different things. I've seen it. And so what I did is I stopped looking in the mirror and I turned and started to make these changes, started to work out this salvation <clears throat> with fear and trembling. Rather, picking up again, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Others, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And this is where it gets good. Who, being in very nature God, Jesus is God, very nature God, did not consider his equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance, As man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every name should bow, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, Jesus has done some stuff for us and it's 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 it, when we really get a hold of that it's not a a, a prodding or a, you know you somebody prodding you getting you to do this man if you understand who jesus is and you get into the word and find out what he's about and what it means to love god with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself man it's exciting cuz all i want to do is re, is reciprocate What Jesus has done, I just want to, you know, reciprocate. I want to be in relationship with him. I want to be able to honor the sacrifice that he made. I want to be able to, to, you know, honor the the Holy Spirit deposit he's put in me, the resurrection life that he's had. And I want to do it with y'all, right? Who I was 10 10 years ago is not who I am now. Shoot, who I was one year ago isn't who I was now. I mean, I'm like 40 pounds lighter, so there's that. So what this looks like is living in humility, not thinking that we're bigger, better than other person or that, you know, whatever, that, that we, we have it all figured out. But living in humility and letting people have the space to make mistakes. That's where compassion comes in. We live with compassion. We recognize, yeah, that person has hurt me, but I have compassion on them. I have compassion on them because they're under construction. Just as I am under construction, there's kindness and patience and forgiveness. And ultimately, like Colossians said, bind it all up with love. And so these are the things, these are the recipes. This is what it looks like to be under construction. This is what it looks like to be able to give hope to the people in your life that are under destruction. People that have those dreams, those desires, those, those things they're not even fully aware of, that are laying dormant, not even laying dormant, they're dead. To be able to say, hey, there's hope, right? You may be a dirt bag like Kyle for sure was. You may be a dirt bag, but God has something more. He has something more. He wants to take you from being this broken, destructive, destructive person to being somebody that has something of value to contribute to other people. And, and, and it's fun and it's exciting. We're saved to serve. We're designed to serve. And when we can get the focus off of ourselves and what we can get out of a situation, how it affects us, what we gain from it, and we start to realize that this process, this relationship that we're in, it, it's outward, right? If we're reflecting who God is, guess what? God is generous, God is selfless. God is constantly outpouring love, forgiveness, mercy, relationship. And so we can do that as well for this hurting and broken people in our lives. So let's pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll head out there. So Father, I thank you so much for your goodness to us, God, for your mercy, God, that you've shown me, God, that you've taken me from being this broken boy to becoming who I am today, and I thank you that who I am today is not who I'm going to be. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to show each and every one of us the guilt and the shame, and you want to bring in hope and joy and peace and purpose. God, Lord, I thank you for just the patience and the forgiveness and and the compassion that's in this room and throughout this church and the folks online even, God, that that allow people to grow, allow people to to make mistakes and to be under construction. Father, I thank you for the humility in this room that not one person is think that they've arrived, that they're there, God, but that we're continually pressing in, laying hold of what you laid hold for us, God, and growing in relationship with you and with each other. Father, I look forward to what you're gonna do through us, in us, and around us. In Jesus' name, amen.